We are hours away from Landon Donovan's final U.S. men's national team appearance, and he and Jurgen Klinsmann have been throwing shade at each other all week long. That's reminiscing of a high school breakup. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivan Skolarsab. What's cracking, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. We, uh, the East Coast SBI slash Gold.com tour continues. Uh, we, we were up in Boston, and now we're in Connecticut. And we're getting ready for the big game, Landon Donovan's farewell. And yes, Donovan and Klinsman continue continue to throw shade at each other. It's like an umbrella convention out here. <laughs> With these two, one minute you have Landon Donovan uh, saying that he's gotten no apology. He hasn't talked to Klinsman. He has no relationship with him. And then the next day, Klinsman's smiling, talking about his son already apologized and that he's talked to Donovan and it's it's just it's just funny man. it's just it's just become this amazing subplot and nothing changed on Thursday uh Klinsman was dropping uh praise and then he was dropping criticism like one minute to the next on Donovan it was amazing it, it's just it's little jabs here and there between the two guys it's I mean they I, just need the fight they it, just need the fight no just it, fight. it's just <laughs> first off who would win uh that's a good. You know what? I think Klinsman will win. He strikes me as the type. Like, but he would do. He would do some dirtiness. He would. He would poke his eye out or something. Are they boxing? Or is it like UFC? It'd probably be UFC. Probably UFC. Okay. Klinsman would kick him. Kick him in the head. Really? I, I don't know. Uh, I think, I don't think right now, or, or are you taking like, Klinsman hey, listen, at like twenty five? Hey, Klinsman's in shape, man. Don't don't let it, don't get it twisted. And I don't think Landon's a lover, not a fighter. He's not. He doesn't strike me as. I don't think he's throwing a punch in his life. So. I don't. Yeah, but Donovan could be one of those you know scrappy guys. You nah, know? I don't see it. I don't really. See it. At all, come on, man. He's you know he's chill, Cali, beach life. You know, yeah, but that doesn't he's mean not about ever, that. Yeah, that, yeah but listen, that man. I will put my money like, on Klinsman. Klinsman has the old man strength, so he'll win that. <laughs> all right. Mm. But anyway, it's it's just funny. It's I'll just s- funny. But you know, it's become a sideshow. But the real the real story is this is Landon Donovan's farewell, and you know you you got a lot of fans uh, coming in from all over the country to. Uh, Give Landon his due, and uh, you know had a chance to meet some of them tonight. We had, there's fans from everywhere. It seems to be a lot of fans from Texas. Funny enough, but uh, it's going to probably be a sellout. And uh, I tell you what, as much as every, a lot of people here want to see Landon Donovan, I'm very I want to see the young guys play. Mm-hmm. I want to see this next generation because you know we've had a chance to watch them a couple days in practice, and you know there's some exciting players coming up, and you want to see how they're going to do. Um, before we get into all that, Ivis, the uh, the road show. How's that going though? We're, I'm still waiting for my invite, buddy. Hey man, come out east. You know when you, uh, you know sources tell me that uh, Garrett Cleverly might be heading east. That's still a rumor. That's still in rumor stages. But where do you hear those when, sources on Big Soccer? What's that? <laughs> you know, Big that? Soccer. The fun. <laughs> it vaguely it sounds vaguely familiar. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, uh, no, you know Franco and I are uh, Franco Panizo and I are, are touring the East Coast and cranking stuff out for SBI and Gold.com. And uh, there's been plenty to talk about, plenty to see. We were up in Boston for U.S. for a camp for a couple of days and got a chance to see some of these guys in action. They actually let us watch practice, which isn't always the case, but we got a chance to see some of these younger guys. Uh, obviously, guys like Joe Jal, Alfredo Morales, Miguel Ibarra, who's like the subject, who's like the flavor of the month, you know, the new guy, the uh, Minnesota United star from the NASL. And, uh, you know, he's he's learning quickly how life can be different on the U.S. national team when you're having to deal with not only training against 
top, top, top players, but then also facing more media attention than you probably have faced in your entire life. Well, as you mentioned before, uh, I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those guys and our projections for the game, but bringing it back, uh, uh, Landon Donovan has been named the captain for the U.S. men's national team in, in his final appearance. I mean, you know, obviously that means he'll be named to the starting 11, but it's been pretty cool for the past week, kind of just all the stuff that U.S. soccer has put out in regards to Landon Donovan, uh, the video, the tribute video. If you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be a little surreal, Ivis, that, that it's going to be Landon Donovan's final appearance. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's actually going to happen until, until you, you know, you're going to see him walk out Friday night and, and when he gets subbed out, I'm sure the standing ovation that will happen. I mean, it just it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen yet. I, I don't I maybe I'm in the minority here, but it just to me it just I still feel like Landon Donovan's going to be coming back next year. Like like this is all just kind of not really happening. It's happening, my man. It's a it's a wrap. You know, he's he's ready to move on. And and I know some people are looking at at his form with LA and think, oh man, he's playing so well. He's going to change his mind. He's gonna he's gonna keep playing. He's gonna magically turn it all around. But you know what? I think if anything, he's playing really well right now because he's completely embraced this retirement. He's completely free now, and and I think it's a relief. And now he can just have fun and get back to uh, the game being about having fun and and not a chore and a and a job, which it's been for him for you know for fifteen years now or more. So you know he, he he's he's in a good place right now and, and I think people just have to accept it. And I think US fans are aware of it. I don't think I think that uh, you know US fans are holding out hope that there's gonna be a U turn. And let's face it, even if he wanted to play, I mean the whole him and Klinsman, I mean, come on, they'd need therapy for a month to, you know, sort out the issues that they have. <laughs> um so you know what? It's time. He's he's had his time, amazing time. You know, you could argue definitely best career in U.S. national team history. Um, and it's just that time. It's time for this next generation. And I think it's fitting that his last game is going to come with him starting and being the captain on a team with a lot of young players and a lot of players who grew up, you know, idolizing him and modeling their games after him. Uh, you know, having chat, had a chance to talk to some guys during the week, some of these younger players, and, and you definitely got the sense that he is an idol uh, to a lot of them. And a lot of them look up to him and watched him growing up. And now, and it's it's kind of the passing of the torch. So I think mm-hmm. for, for these younger guys, when you want to talk about like a Joe Jow and, and Bobby Wood and uh, so many of these younger players, uh, it, it's kind of that, that transition. And it has to happen. It happens it happens all the time. And it, this time it's just a little maybe tougher for people to deal with because Landon Donovan's a one-of-a-kind player. Yeah, it's I mean, and also the other thing too is, He's only thirty-two years old, Ivis. You know, it's. He's, I mean, and the thing is, but I mean, you know, look at his career. He's been playing for so long and so many years. I mean, so many miles on his leg. But just that thirty-two. That's not that old. I mean, you know, for me, Ivis. I mean, that's only five years older than me. And Landon Donovan's already tired. Well, you gotta. Well, you gotta understand. At a time in his career when he was dealing with the the grind and the rigors of professional soccer, being an American in Europe and dealing with all the issues that he had to deal with back then, you were drunk at. Arizona State, so you didn't quite have the same issues that he had. What are you talking about? So I you, never drank in college. What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, the whole point is he might only be thirty-two, but lots of the, miles uh, the, on his legs. Yes. Not not just legs, but lots of miles on his mind. You know, he's had to carry a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of a lot of the just everything that goes with being kind of the face of, of American soccer for so long. And, and, and when, when no one else was around to kind of pick up that mantle, he picked it up, you know, and whether or not he maximized his potential or whether or not he could have done a bit more, the fact remains, he really meant a lot and he has, has meant a lot to American soccer. And I think, you know, most people realize that and are going to give him his due on Friday. 
Uh, well, as we also mentioned, uh, you know, the kind of little sideshow that's going on between Jurgen Klinsmann and Landon Donovan with the kind of he said, she said, Jurgen Klinsmann's son's comments, and then Landon Donovan going back and forth saying that nothing happened, and then Jurgen Klinsmann touching on Donovan's career. It's just, uh, I mean, it really hasn't hit, like, mainstream media. I have this little chatter back and forth, but I, it, I think it's been kind of a little... Mm, not, not in the best interest of both guys to be kind of, especially you're going to be saying some of these comments about Landon Donovan and, and touching on his career and wondering, you know, what if Landon Donovan did this or did that? You know, what would be different? I, I, I kind of find it a little interesting, no? Well, you know, I think both guys are, both sides are guilty. I mean, in this whole deal, in, in this whole week. And I mean, if anything, I felt like early on, Klinsman was really trying to play along and stick to the script and gave him his praise. But then you have Landon Donovan coming out in every interview that, you know, I have no relationship with him. Uh, his son hasn't apologized and, 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 and everything that he, he, he wouldn't he, he could have in several cases. Donovan could have said no comment. He could have he could have played along, but he just kept, uh, you know, you know, he's he's being him. You know, he's being completely honest. Uh, at least you think that's that's what's being the case here. So if you're Klinsman. And and you and you're trying to stick stick to the script where you're praising Donovan and you, and all you're saying all positive, and then you hear him kind of throwing jabs, his own jabs, and you're kind of like, you know what? Well, to complain in that game, I'll be completely honest. Now we can look at it that way, or we can look at it as Klinsman just being uh, brutally honest, and he's not going to bite his tongue. And you know, while on one hand he'll he'll sing his praises as the face of the sport in this country for for more than a decade, he'll also point out that you know what. In his mind, he thinks he could have done a bit more, and uh, you know, so that's totally his prerogative. You know, he 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 could you know be nice and just say all positive stuff, but you know, he's keeping it real. That he's choosing to say what he you know what he has to say. And look, clearly, there's no love lost there. There's no, I mean, everyone's waiting to see what's going to happen when Donovan comes off the field. How is the handshake going to be? I mean, it's not like there's going to be a hug. Are they going to even acknowledge each other? Will Donovan snub the handshake? No, my, he won't my, snub. I, I know he won't. I know he won't. I know he won't. My theory is Jurgen Klins was going to get a red card in the 25th minute so he can completely avoid the handshake. That's, you know, <laughs> I, obviously, obviously I'm kidding, but it's just funny. I mean, uh, you know, so it is what it is. It, it's it's unfortunate that this whole subplot is kind of taking attention away from, from mm. the, the real story, which is Donovan, you know, his a great career is coming to an end. Yeah, and, and he's and he's had those moments, Ivis. You know, it's and, and that's what I kind of found funny about you know not funny, but just you know Jurgensen's comments. You know, what if Donovan did more? I mean, I, I thought Donovan did prove that. You know, he was a guy that you know wanted to come back and play in Major League Soccer. I mean, he had his chances where he did go over to Everton and he did look good in his appearances. It's just these little jabs back and he, forth no, between listen, these guys. You know, Klinsman is not alone in in thinking that he could have. No, Donovan I know he's not. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think this is a minority opinion. I think you know a lot of people. A lot of people, myself included, I think that you know he could have done more, but that doesn't mean he didn't still exactly. have an, an amazing career. So it could, it can be both things. They're not mutually exclusive. You can agree with both sides of that. So you could, you could question the timing of the of the comments for sure. But he's asked if he's going to get asked these questions and then asked to elaborate on his on his answers. Then you know what? If you keep picking, he's gonna eventually he's gonna just speak his mind. Yes. <laughs> uh, more importantly, though, Ivis. There is actually a game being played. This, you know, it's not just Jurgen Klinsmann, Landon Donovan versus Ecuador. <laughs> no, There's actually going to be ten other guys on a bench again in this game. Ecuador, who's that? Is that who they're playing? I like it's a, that's yeah, like I know, right? No one's talking about the game itself. No one's talking about the team they're playing. It's like uh, it's hilarious, but okay, there well, is a game. 
and uh, we'll see we'll see what this young team has. Okay, well let, let, let's talk about this game here, Ivis. Uh, you know, with a lot of these young guys called in, you know, n- none of these names were a surprise. You know, I think Abara was was the surprise, but you know, reports did come out before, so you know, really didn't take anyone by surprise. And you look at the guys who've been called up. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys had an opportunity to play against the Czech Republic, so you know some of these names are guys that are familiar with. But just, uh, I mean, when you look at this roster and uh, and, and you kind of see how everyone is, I mean, how have some of these young guys looked so far in camp? Well, we've just had a few days to check them out, and so, some guys definitely have impressed in a little bit that we've seen. I think for me, uh, a couple of guys stand out. Joe Zhao. Uh, he just looks really good, you know, with the speed and the uh, confidence on the ball. Uh, I was able to write a feature on him earlier this week for Goal.com, and and, and you just see a guy who really is coming into his own, uh, a player who only a year ago wasn't even wanted by his club team, and all of a sudden, you know, he's gotten he's gotten minutes for Borussia Dortmund, top you know top German team, and he's in the national team mix now. So he's a guy who who's I think is impressed. Alfredo Morales. Uh, is also look kind of pretty sharp in practice. He's a guy who's starting regularly for the first place team in Bo- in Bundesliga two, uh, Ingolstadt. So that's nothing to, to sneeze at. And uh, there have been a few others. Uh, Miguel Ibarra, I know everyone wants to know how he looks. What's how's he doing? Uh, it, it's clear this is his first camp. It's clear this is his first time playing on with with this level of competition. And you know he has struggled a bit. He's had some moments. I mean, it's clear there's some ability there. But is anyone expecting him to kind of just you know set the world alight? It's not. I, I don't think we're going to see that just yet. But he he's he's tried to hold his own, and I, I think he's done that. But th- th- there's just thinking real quickly. Bobby Wood. Has shown some flashes, um, and uh, DeAndre Yedlin, obviously, he, you, you know, you, you've seen him look pretty confident out there. Uh, but the, overall, the sense you get is that a, this is a really young group, mm-hmm. and b, even though it's a young group, it's a really confident group because we've seen, like, uh, speaking for myself, you know, I've been covering the team for, you know, fourteen, fifteen years now, and I've seen young teams before, but I can't recall seeing a young team that has this kind of confidence and swagger as a group. Um, because this, you know, they're not just young and talented, but they're young and talented, and they're playing. Uh, they're getting regular playing time. Another mm-hmm. player that another player that stands out, Greg Garza, the club Tijuana fullback. For me, a guy who uh, is really, you know, quietly is 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 really coming into his own, and 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 I think uh, he's really going to challenge this cycle. He's going to challenge for that starting left back spot. So, you know, when you you want to talk about guys who are at a younger age getting exposed to to having the opportunity to play more minutes. Uh, and you see the you see this confidence in this young group, and it, it just makes you kind of uh, feel good about this group's chances of, of evolving now. Because you know this is a big two three years with these all these competitions they have, all these opportunities they have to grow and to learn, and and it's gonna, it's going to be a fun couple of years watching this group grow. Uh, this guy is not young, but what about Tim Ream? How, how, how's he looked in camp? He looks solid. You know, he's a veteran. It's funny enough. Uh, I was talking to him today, and and uh, it's just funny how it just seems like yesterday that he was a rookie in MLS, and now he's kind of the grizzled veteran and and really trying to kind of hold his own in this group. Obviously, in this camp, you have guys like John Brooks and Omar Gonzalez to compete with, and there's also Michael Orozco. But I think Rima's shown well. I think he's. You can see that he has more confidence now than maybe he had his first go around when you remember that 2011 Gold Cup and his shaky moments and how things really kind of, you know, got turned a little sour for him after that amazing fresh uh, rookie year uh, with the Red Bulls. Um, but obviously his time at Bolton has really kind of uh, seasoned his game and, and, and matured his game. And, and you and you have a guy who really kind of, I feel like he understands things a lot better now. And 
Does that mean he's going to start for the U.S. national team anytime soon? No, but I think he's making the most of this opportunity. And when you think about the uniqueness of of his skill set, you're talking about a highly skilled left-footed center back. Uh, We all know Matt Beasley kind of qualifies in that category, but you can never have too many of those guys. And I think Reem is someone that in this next cycle can definitely – Put, a, put his stamp on things and, and earn a regular place. Uh, moving up to the midfield, uh, you know, two guys, Mixed Discord and John Corona. I mean, let's face it, Ivis, these guys have huge opportunities for them that, that are in front of them, you know, to continue to have good performances to the U.S. men's national team. As these are two guys, when you kind of look at the 2018 World Cup, yes, I know it's a long way away, but still, these are two guys where you say, man, these guys have a really good opportunity to take the bull by the horn and really be that starter once the U.S. does hit that World Cup. How is Discord and Corona looking in camp? Okay, I think we have a new rule now for the SBI show. We are not allowed to talk about the 2018 World Cup. Let's just there's enough. We're not. Relax. You, you know what? You, but you know what there's I'm like saying. It's like 15 though. tournaments between now I and know, then. You, you want to talk about 2018? Well, no, no, no. But you know what I'm saying though. Discord and Corona. I mean, these guys have huge opportunities though to impress Jurgen Klinsmann. Right. They have a few huge opportunities to kind of establish themselves in this next uh, run of competitions. And and when you want to talk about the next one, which is the Gold Cup, obviously, um, I think those two guys. And, and you can't forget uh, Alejandro Bedoya either. I mean, he brings he brings that veteran quality. Obviously, he's coming off the World Cup. He's playing in not in the uh, in the French first division. So he's one of the few American field players getting regular playing time in a, in a top league in Europe. So you can't you can't ignore that. Uh, we'll, it will be interesting to see if Klinsman deploys that same trio, that same midfield trio that he had against the Czech Republic. And uh, y- y- all you heard this week from people is how impressive that trio looked together. And and for me, I, I wasn't, I didn't necessarily see that when I watched the game. I thought Joe Corona struggled a bit to make his mark in that game. I thought this group did well. I thought Bedoya did pretty well. But the consensus you get from people is that as a unit, they did pretty well. And the sense is that we'll see that group again. Although Alfredo Morales, I got to say, he's really impressed me. He's a guy that I think you see the confidence, uh, how much more confident he is now as a player now that he's had a, you know, become a regular starter and he's playing on a good team. Uh, you, you see that. So he's a guy to watch out for. No question about it. More importantly, how's his hair look? Alfredo Morales? Yes. It's all right. I mean, you know, you can check it out on Instagram. I guess if you want, if you're into that. I mean, I could. I don't know if you could pull off the hairstyle he's rocking. Because he had good. Days, he had good hair in the Czech Republic game. I had. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not checking out people, uh, the hair game of, of these guys. But really, uh, I feel yeah. like I feel like you. 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 It was like That's, you couldn't. You could not help to notice it. Um. Eh, anyway, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. It wasn't the most impressive hair in camp. I don't think. I don't know whose was, but I, I don't know if his necessarily stood out. But anyway, I, Morales look good. <laughs> oh no, mixed discrude. Let's face it. Any time, any camp, mixed discrude walks into his hair is is you know M O H most outstanding hair of the tour, of the camp. So they <laughs> should, he should have a shampoo deal. I don't know how he. I don't know how he doesn't already have one. Does he uh, really doesn't have one in Norway at least? I had not that I've heard about. He uh, should absolutely yeah. get him a deal. His hair is. I mean, yeah, I think he has supplanted Graham Zusi for best hair on the national team. Um, oh, that, that's 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 pretty big. That's big time right there, Ivis. Uh, when you the game itself, though, what, what will you actually be watching in the game uh, from these young guys? Uh, well, I want to see what the midfield does together, that group, and I want to see how Joe Zhao uh, does in his second start. You know, I thought he started out really well against the Czechs. He he was aggressive and confident going at people, and and he was really active. Uh, he obviously slowed down a bit in the second half. I think he got tired. I think I think the team was tired. Uh, so he struggled a bit later on. And I think you know some people might have 
taking those later game struggles and and use those to maybe not give him a good grade. But for me, I still came away from that Czech Republic game thinking this kid's got something. And and that's what these games are about. These games aren't about oh you got to be perfect. If you're not hitting every cross exactly right, then you're a failure or this and that. Look, these are young kids. They're going to have their growing pains, their issues. But what you want to see is is growth and continued progression. You want to see qualities that could maybe develop into them being regular starters and contributors. And for me, you know, when you want to talk about – I want to see Bobby Wood maybe get some minutes. So, you know, if he uh, – he, he's he's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty strong. Um, so I, I want to see those guys. I want to see who starts. Landon Donovan is going to start, right? So you, mm-hmm. he's going to get his thirty minutes, and then from there, you know, once he for me, I'm kind of I, I want to see him come out, and then I want to see the young team or the the, the team that's actually going to go forward and be the group. That's what what I'm more interested in seeing. Um, quickly before we move on, starting eleven, who's in goal? Uh, well, Klinsman said it today. Uh, Brad Guzan's going to be the starter okay. in in this game, and Nick Romano's going to get the start in uh, in the game against uh, Honduras down in in Florida. Uh, so you know, it's pretty. It makes sense. You know, you want to give them each a full ninety minutes to kind of show what they can do in this ongoing battle. And you know, as I've been saying, I think my money's still on Guzan, but you know, you can't really knock Klinsman for want to kind of keep things even. What about B- Bill Hamid? No playing time for him. Uh, no, I think the, the experience at camp itself is enough. And let's face it, I mean, has games to play and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got enough going on and he seems pretty happy, uh, just getting this experience in camp and, uh, what seems like to be a pretty fun group now there. Uh, back line, you have, you have some options here. I mean, we're going to see something around the lines of, uh, Chandler, probably Brooks, Gonzalez and Yedlin. I think you could definitely see that, that combination, that, that foursome. Uh, and I tell you what, if, if Joe Jow starts and DeAndre Yedlin starts, uh, I want to see those two guys combine on the right side because yeah. it could be it could be the fastest right wing in the history of the national team. And uh, w- one of the kind of interesting side notes here. Uh, so we've been asking uh, we've been asking uh, players on the team, you know, who's faster, Joe Jow or DeAndre Allen. And look, they're full, they're both burners, no question about it. But the sense you get, uh, uh, there were a few more players willing to go out, go out on a limb and say they thought Joe Jow was faster. Uh, I feel like almost everyone else kind of said, oh, it's too close to call. Uh, some people made the good point that if you're talking shorter distances, Joe Jow's burst is just better. But then over longer dis- distances, maybe maybe then Yedlin can have the kind of closing speed over long distances. But I tell you what, for me, one of the most like one of the most fun aspects of of these couple of days in training camp was watching whenever they would be matched up against each other because just just you, you're talking about two top just athletes just with all that speed and and Joe Jow I think got the better of Yedlin uh, more often than not just because not not only is he fast but he's technically gifted and he's so confident on the ball so uh, yeah. you know what I want to see those two guys work together and see how how they kind of attack on the wing and and give this team that kind of dynamic element that you feel like has been lacking for a while uh, and I'm assuming we could probably see that same kind of midfield that we saw the uh, Bedoya uh, Joe Corona mixed disc group. Yeah, I think we'll see that same three. Um, you know, like I said, Alfredo Morales, I could see getting a start maybe in the next game uh, or definitely getting some minutes in the second half. But I, I just think just based on what you've heard this week, the sense you get is that we're going to see that same uh, midfield trio. And up top, Josie Altidore, I think, is going to start again. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, now that Julian Green's out, you'll have Landon Donovan on one side, probably Landon Donovan on the left and Josie Altidore on the middle and up top and then uh, Joe Jow on the right and then once you get into the second half, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who gets an opportunity. Uh, prediction score. What do you think? I couldn't tell you, man. Honestly, this it's so tough. Like what you know, 
I don't think Ecuador has all their stars in this game. Um, and, you know, not that they're a world beater either, but it, it'll be a good game. Uh, they're not going to push them around, I don't think, uh, by any means. So, you know, uh, hopefully we'll see a couple goals at this point, considering Ooh. some of the snoozers that we saw that I had to watch last weekend on my tour of the of the MLS Eastern Conference. Uh, just give me some goals. Two goals. Let's, let's see a Landon Donovan goal in, the, in like the, in during his, you know, 25, 30 minutes. Uh, and, and I tell you what, I, th- I think Joe Jow, I think Joe Jow is going to find a goal. Who scores more goals, Landon Donovan or Joel Plata? <laughs> uh, I think they're going to each score a goal. Joel, Pla- Joel Plata will get a goal. I'm excited to watch him play. I, I look, yeah, I love him, but he's, I, I, he's such a fun player to watch. I don't care what anyone says. I will profess my love for him. There you go. You can wear you can wear a Joe Plata jersey. You can wear like a, a an actual size Joe Plata jersey, and I think it'll fit you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the same height, aren't you? I think. No, you're, the same. you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I hate All you right. so much. Oh, hey, you brought him up, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> too, you're making it too easy. Um. All right, Ivis. Uh, moving on from that, uh, one more thing we do need to talk about with Jurgen Klinsmann is uh, there's an article you can read on soccerbyivis.net where Jurgen Klinsmann is a deep believer in promotion and relegation, opening up that old big can of worms. Uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit on Jurgen Klinsmann's comments on this? Right. Well, you know, interesting enough, Alexei Lalas, of all people, uh, asked the question in press conference. And I can't even remember the last time I heard him ask a question in press conference. And he asked Klinsman, uh about the message that you know it might send to MLS players uh, when he when he calls in an ASL player ahead of them. And uh, and I thought Klinsman handled it brilliantly. His answer was perfect when he pretty much made made the point that you know you, you, there there is no promotion or relegation. Uh, you can't just assume that you know NASL players are, can't be better than MLS players, and and without promotional relegation, you can't. There's really no way to know. And he made the point that you know what he's he's a firm believer in it, and he wishes that it existed in in American soccer. And he's not alone in that. I mean, I think there's quite a few people. Uh, actually, we had a poll on SBI recently, and and, and uh, the the people that in, were in favor of promotional relegation. Uh, the vote was more in favor of it than against it, and and I think that that's uh, it's telling because I think now not everybody is as adamant and 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 they're not zealots about it and they're not crazy about it as su- there's a very vocal minority that seems to be on Twitter on a regular basis arguing day and night uh, in favor of promotional relegation and and uh, and you know what that's fine you know people ha- have the right to 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 fight for what they what they want and what they believe in what they think should be and uh not everyone wants to have that argument on a regular basis and not everyone is that uh impassioned by it and you know it's fine you you have that vocal group that that wants it and one thing i would like to point out is that you know i i think now more than ever promotional relegation is 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 a topic of conversation because mm-hmm. You have a league that's growing. You have Major League Soccer with so many markets now. You have NASL also growing uh, with so many markets and new ownership groups coming in, owners with with legitimate money, MLS level money. Uh, so when you look at it from that standpoint, it, it makes it, it makes sense that people more and more people look at it and say, you know what, maybe we actually could have promotional relegation. Maybe we actually could have uh, forty teams or you know forty two or forty four teams. Uh, in multiple divisions where every team has a strong owner, it's getting closer to that. Where five, ten years ago, no one could have imagined that. MLS was still kind of figuring itself out. 
uh, the lower divisions didn't have anywhere near the kind of financial clout that 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 they have now with the owner type of owners that have come in now, whether it's that when you want to talk about the Cosmos or Indy Eleven, or uh, or now in in Fort Lauderdale you, you've got uh, some real money coming in there, new ownership group. So, I think from that standpoint, the the health of of American soccer and mm-hmm. the club game has made pro rel promotion relegation a hot topic. Um, does it mean it's going to happen? Uh, anytime soon, I don't. I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately, because uh, you know MLS is, has wants no part of it, and you can kind of see why. And U.S. Soccer uh, wants no part in implementing it. And it's U.S. Soccer ultimately, if they wanted to make pro rel uh, a reality, they could do that, but they choose not to. Sunil Galati has already come out and said uh, that they have no interest in making that happen. So. Um, will we see it anytime soon? Uh, I don't think we will. But if if we woke up tomorrow and 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 you know U.S. Soccer said, okay, come 2015, promotion relegation absolutely is happening. I don't think I don't think you're. I'd see. I think you'd see far more people actually happy about that than would be going crazy and, and upset about that. Well, I I think MLS owners, some of the guys like Montreal Impact, like Joe Sputo, would not be happy about that. <laughs> you know, it's just. Promotional relegation, it, it's it's always going to be around. Ivis. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, second division. I mean, outside of you know four or five teams that are really strong and have the financial backing, there's just not enough of that yet. I mean, it, look, well, it's still a well, time, to be fair, to be fair, part of that's because uh, MLS keeps taking teams from the second division, right? I mean, that, you yes, can't just too. ignore that reality. So, um, NASL, but but you know what? Even with that, NASL has continued to to, to kind of grow. It's like you pull. It's like you pull an arm off and it grows back, you know. When, when you've seen all these teams lately leave NASL uh, to come to MLS, and, and ASL goes and finds new markets, and 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 they, they keep trying uh, to push it. So so you know, from that standpoint, it it just shows you how healthy mm-hmm. uh, the sport is, how much interest there is, how much financial, how much business interest there is. Uh, so that's great to see. Um, and I just say it was funny to have Klinsman kind of. Uh, throw the match into the, you know, the, he threw the lit match into the bale of hay uh, <laughs> and, and just got everyone going about it. And, and, and it's funny, man. I, and I, I, my thing is this, right? I just wish we could have a, a real dialogue about it without it just dis- devolving into a mess and, and devolving into name calling and devolving into, uh, re- you know, you're not a real soccer person if you don't support promotion relegation or, uh, you know, you're you're not thinking clearly if you're in favor of promotion relegation because it doesn't exist in American sports, so it shouldn't happen in in American soccer. Uh, like, I think there's arguments to be made on both sides, and I think we should be able to discuss it without it turning into name calling. And that's what we see on Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, this particular topic, more I feel like more than any other topic relating to American soccer, it's a topic that just people can't just speak rationally about, and it's kind of it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I've seen it sometimes on Twitter. It's it's pretty bad. Moving on from this, Ivis, uh, Jodzi Altador went out and said that uh, you know he wants the. He says he may possibly leave Sunderland. He'll look at his options in January if his playing time doesn't increase. It makes sense, Ivis, because Jodzi Altador needs playing time, and he's not getting that at Sunderland. Uh, what did you make of his comments that he made this week? Well, I think they make sense, and I don't think anyone should be surprised. If anything, I think. It's a little encouraging for for U.S. National League fans that to, to to see that he is he is fully aware that his situation needs to change, whether that means breaking into to to the rotation at Sunderland and getting some playing more consistent playing time and more playing time, or if that means a move in January, he is ready for that. He is open for that. 
and you know he totally understands that it's an important next few years and you know he's a he's an important part of this group important part of this cycle uh he is kind of that he's that target forward that figurehead that that you know Klinsman wants to build his attack around so he needs minutes regular minutes he needs to start scoring goals it was funny today Klinsman just saying that you know he he you can tell he just he himself Klinsman just wants to see Altidore start scoring goals because he clearly must be frustrated uh, w- watching him play or watching him not play. So, what does it mean for Josie? I think he uh, right now he's not get playing at Sunderland. They have they have a stable of forwards there and that are playing well. Connor Wickham, Stephen Fletcher. Uh, they, he it's going to be tough for him to break in there. So I think if anything, it's good that he is aware that he needs to go somewhere, and I think he'll find a move, whether it's a loan for half season mm-hmm. or a sale. I think more likely it'll be a loan just because of the money that's involved in his contract and and his salary. I don't think anyone's ready to, to just take that on for a player who's been as bad as struggled as much as he's had over the past year and a half. But a loan would be great for him. Um, I, I know some people are still talking to MLS and he's going to come to MLS, NYCFC. I personally just do not see him at this age coming back to MLS. I just don't. Um, you know, he's someone who's who likes it uh, playing in Europe. He likes the competition. He likes the challenge of, of being in Europe. And I know he wants to keep going that route. And I know some people will say, oh, well, look, Clint, no one thought Clint Dempsey would come back. No one thought Michael Bradley come, would come back. Those situations are so different. You're talking about two guys who are, you know, married with families and were at points in their careers where, where you know, they they were getting offered the kind of money that they just weren't going to be offered anywhere else in Europe. And while I know there are teams that would offer Josie Altidore a lot of money, I still think he's at a point in his career at his age. You know, I think he's 24 now. He still uh, can, you know, hit the money that he's on right now. I just don't, you know, I, I just don't know if in, if NYCFC or any MLS team is going to match that. And even if they match it, it's still leaving Europe. It's still leaving the top levels of the sport. And I think Altidore has always struck me as someone who wants that challenge and wants to make it. He wants to go there and be a star. And uh, for that standpoint, I just don't see him coming back to MLS right now. Well, if if he stays in England, I mean, we're dropping down to this, you know, second championship, second division. Mm-hmm. I mean, would that be a, a move in the wrong direction for him, or would that be positive? Because then we'll probably get more playing time there. I don't think he'll move into a lower division in England. I think he'll go to a different league. You know, whether you're, whether it's France. Uh, the Netherlands or uh, or Italy. I know there have been Italian teams interested in him before. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be up to him what, what, where he thinks he'll feel comfortable. Uh, you know, when you want to talk about the Dutch league, uh, I don't think he'd necessarily go back to Heerenveen, but um, I mean uh, to AZ. But uh, PSV has been interested in him in the past. Uh, they're they're a top team, so that'd be a good spot, maybe potentially. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think league championship necessarily is 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 uh is where i would see him go now if he went there i think you know he could play well there and and find his wherever he goes he just needs to go somewhere to play at a decent level regain his confidence league championships good league uh don't get it twisted they, they, there's quality there uh i know americans american fans in, in general aren't exposed to the league championship you know we don't get to see many of the games here but all you have to do is look at the rosters of some of those teams and 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 see the quality that that exists there but i having said that i i, I think he's capable of finding a a better opportunity whether it's in the netherlands or in italy or germany or in france one of those kind of leagues and one final thing before we put a bow on all this u.s men's national team talk with the guys who have been called in for the friendly against ecuador miguel barra ivis a lot of attention has been put on him 
you know, rightfully so. Guy from second division being able to being called up to the U.S. men's national team. There, there's some highlight tapes of him out there. You know, for the most part, that, that's what you know. We that's the sample size that we've been able to see. It's just these highlight tapes of him showing off his speed, his possession, his technicality. Uh, you know, what what are your kind of thoughts on him? How he's looked in camp, his future, his potential, how he's adjusting to playing. You know, at at a bigger stage. Well, I, I think it definitely needs to be made clear that. Uh, the level, uh, the level jump, the jump in level that he's having to deal with right now, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be a tough transition, and and it doesn't mean he doesn't have some quality, um, but you know it, he's had some struggles here, you know, and you can see it's going to take a, some time to adjust, and it's not a it's not a sure thing that he's going to uh, parlay this into more opportunities, but the 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 key point is that he is getting this opportunity. And, uh, you know, he I thought he, you know, second day that we saw him, he looked better than the first day. So, you know, maybe he's kind of gaining a bit confidence, getting comfortable. And it's never easy when you talk about new players, you know, no no matter what division you're coming from, when you're a new player coming into this setup um, and you're playing against another level of player than you're normally used to playing. Uh, Because let's face it, even if you're an MLS player. When you come into a full camp and you're going up against guys who are playing in, in England and Germany and uh, you know France, it's, it's a little different. So for for him, I think he uh, you know he's, it's a, he's a shy kid. You know he's not. This is all new to him. The whole idea of getting you know having you know a line of reporters ready to talk to him or or camera crews following him around. There's a there's a camera crew from from his club team here. Uh, kind of, you know, following, chronicling this whole experience for him. So it's all new. It's all got to be a bit overwhelming. So uh, maybe this first camp we won't necessarily see uh, the best of what he has to offer. But, you know, hopefully if Klinsman, if you take Klinsman at his word, it, it won't be the last opportunity for him. I mean, does he get any playing time, not just on Friday, but possibly next week in the second game? I think he's going to get in at some point. I think uh, one of these games he's going to get some minutes. I think you got to, you know, you want to take a look at what he can do. Um, is he going to start in a game? I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but you know what? I think he'll get on the field at some point. Uh, keep it on the theme of uh, the Americans, Ivis. Uh, there is some good news in the horizon for Juan Agudelo. He's been out of the club, hasn't received much playing time since the move over to Stoke City. There are reports coming out that he's set to try out with Wolverhampton Wolves, who have uh, had a little nice resurgence after dropping down to the lower leagues uh, in England. What do you make of this move? Do you think it's a good opportunity for him? Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll see him on the field sooner rather than later. Well, I mean, just to kind of clarify on the point, the Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, are, it's, it's, it's a trial, but it's really just kind of an opportunity for him to train somewhere in a structured setup. I mean, we're talking a guy uh, about a guy who just ha- hasn't really had that opportunity. I know he spent some time with Orlando City, um, but you really need to be in a structure, in a team structure, to kind of keep yourself at a, at a good level and, and not fall too far behind. Uh, I, I know, uh, as an example, someone like Freddie Adu, who you know when he wasn't with a, he when he was kind of without a club and he didn't have a, a, a club structure to train in. Uh, it makes it that much tougher when you kind of when you do when it is time for you to jump back into that whole thing. So, does this mean he's going to get a deal with Wolves uh, that they're going to sign him? Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, for me, if just looking at it and from the things that I've I've known uh, that I've been told as far as just his situation, I think this is just an op- more than anything. I, this, I think this is just an opportunity for him to be in a structured environment, continue to get training at a, at a good level, and to get him ready for a potential move in January, but I, I personally I don't think Wolves is going to be that move. 
Uh, yes, I meant to say Wolverhampton Wanderers, not Wolverhampton Wolves. That was <laughs> sounds like a club team you made up. You're yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's your FIFA. That's your FIFA team's name. I don't know why. It, the, the yes, the, the, the my my mistake, everyone. Before you start, you know, trying to you know rush to my house with pitchforks and you know sticks burning. No. Um, <laughs> there's, there's not that many. I don't think that many Wolverhampton fans are listening to the show. Maybe not. Uh, or just you know those those Euro snobs. Ugh, could you get it wrong? Uh, I was. Moving on from the complete U.S. men's national team and the Americans abroad and bringing it back to Major League Soccer, on Wednesday, the Columbus Crew unveiled their new logo and their new crest. They're now Columbus Crew SC. I think their crest looks awesome. They kept their colors. It was a pretty cool announcement, and uh, it's a nice upgrade that the Columbus Crew made as, as part of their kind of you know re, rebranding the, the whole club and you know, in, in kind of polishing that over. I, I think it looks great, man, I, and I think they did a really good job with the crest. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I like it. I think the logo's good. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because I can't remember the last time uh, I saw a new MLS team or an MLS-related logo that I didn't kind of – that I didn't hate or that I didn't or I didn't look at and say, man, that they could have did a lot better. I thought this logo was pretty good, and I get – you know, you're not going to please everybody ever. You're, never, you're always going to have some people who have issues with – with it, but I think for the most part, the sense you get is that the the reactions are mostly positive. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; I'm gonna miss the three amigos, the the little old, the, you know, the old crew logo. Uh, it's just kind of another another piece of of of, of history that kind of goes away. And for those of us who've been around covering this league and and have been around this league for for years and years, it's, it's a little you're gonna miss that a bit. But at the same time, it's it's a new look and it's a better look and 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 positive step for a. A club that really has that really has tried hard to kind of reinvent itself, and uh, you know, hopefully for them, it's uh, better times ahead for the crew. Uh, I I thought it was awesome right away. I don't know, my, my reaction was kind of, you know when they, when it, when it was Columbus Crew SC, I was like, eh, okay. Then then the crest comes out, I was like, oh man, it looks awesome. I mean, I guess I felt better about it than when San Jose's new crest came out, and I felt right. much better about this than when Major League Soccer's awesome logo came out. Right, exactly. I'm in the same boat. I mean, I remember supporting KC's logo when it first came out. I wasn't a fan, and and I don't think I don't. I think a lot of people thought it was pretty bad. But you know, over time, you get used to it, and and I think now, I actually like the KC logo. You know, kind of you know that with the color scheme, and you know, some of these logos take a little time to settle in, and 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 you kind of grow into them. And but I think this crew logo right off the bat, I feel like a lot of people have been been impressed with it. And Ivis, we do have some midweek games for Major League Soccer as uh, they did not take a break. Portland Timbers go out, pick up a very big victory, 3-0 to zero over San Jose Earthquakes. Rodney Wallace continues his hot streak. Diego Valeri with the brace in this one. And uh, look, a big win for the Portland Timbers, Ivis. They, they need points in every single match for the rest of the season to qualify for the playoffs. Absolutely. They had no choice. They needed all three points. And San Jose, I mean, it was a skeleton skeleton crew. I mean, it's a, they're a mess. And, you know, when, when Jurgen Klinsmann uh, calls in Chris Wondolowski kind of uh, last minute, uh, that really took any hope that San Jose had of playing the spoiler uh, out of that, that game. And, uh, look, Portland, it's not, e- not going to be an easy run now for, for Portland. I mean, they needed these points, and now they need Seattle to either beat or tie Vancouver. Uh, and it's going to be a tight race right to the end. Because when you look at the schedule, the last two games for both Portland and Vancouver, Portland has a tougher last two games than Vancouver. But, uh, but you know, when you get to the end of these seasons, it always seems like these teams that are out of the mix like to play spoiler. So it's so t- it, it could go either way right now between Vancouver and Portland uh, for that last playoff spot. It's really at this point, it's totally a, it's a coin flip. Uh, over in the East, 
Toronto at home fell to the Houston Dynamo one to zero. Ivis Toronto's playoff chances are, are are glimmering in the distance. I mean, they're hanging on by a thread. Ivis, I don't think Toronto's going to make the playoffs. And this is a game that they had to probably pick up all three points in, or at least a point. I mean, now fifth place in the West in the Eastern Conference, and and they're still looking. You look at the other teams around them, I, dude. Toronto, Ivis, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's I've been saying it for a while. I don't I don't think my tune ever changed on that. Um, that's a, that's a devastating loss for them. And, um, you know, when you see someone like Jermaine Defoe, I know he's been injured. Uh, but, you know, there's all these questions about how, how dedicated he is to this team. Is he, does he have one eye on, on England? Does he, is he ready to go back? And then he goes out, has a PK save, uh, missed quite a few chances. Um, and in a game they absolutely had to have. Now they have to go to New York, play a Red Bulls team that, you know, hasn't lost at home in months. Uh, and, and I think the Red Bulls are going to, re- uh, by all accounts, when you look at it, uh, and it's not a game either because the Red Bulls are dealing with some issues as well. You know, uh, Peggy Luyendula was suspended. Tim Cahill is is <laughs> he's on international duty, and even if he wasn't, he would be suspended. Um, so you know they they've got some issues, but you got to like the Red Bulls to win this game mm-hmm. with Tim with, with Terry Henry and Bradley Wright Phillips and 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 the quality that they have. And Toronto just doesn't look that great. So the the I can't remember how many times. It's happened at least once before where Toronto FC has come to New York and seen their playoff hopes uh, dashed. Uh, I remember one year where they came in and and they they were playing a a New York team that was an absolute mess. I think it might have even been that nightmare in the 2009 season. And New York smashed them 5-0. It was unbelievable. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see that again. I think think the Rebels are going to come out and I think they're going to smack up TFC. And and pretty much put it put an end to another disappointing season for Toronto, and I can't I, I can't imagine I know for me personally I thought this was the year I thought Toronto they were going to get it done they you bring in Bradley you bring in Defoe you bring in all these other pieces that they brought in and you you thought this is it they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be a top top three team in the East and here we are again same old TFC. Uh, Houston Dynamo though Ivis four points out of the playoffs they're. <laughs> Like, what are the chances that Houston sneaks in and finds a way to make the playoffs? Dom Kinnear never dies, man. He's he is the uh, it's he's like the Jason Voorhees of uh, of MLS coaches, man. He they they just he just finds a way, and and here they are again. They're still technically in the conversation. Do I think they're going to make it? I still don't, but I mean, they're going to make a go of it, and they're not going to be an easy team to deal with down the stretch. I think they still have. I think they still need too much to happen. Too many things to go their way. When you have so many teams ahead of them playing each other, somebody's got to get the points. You know, when you got Philly and Columbus, somebody's got to get the points. New York, Toronto, somebody's got to get the points. So it, it's, I think it's too tough. I think it's, uh, you know, they could win out in theory, sure, but mm-hmm. uh, I think they're going to fall short. Uh, well, this weekend, uh, we have some big matches, Ivis. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps are going to be on the road taking on the Seattle Sounders. Vancouver is going to be a little shorthanded, though. Uh, Darren Maddox is on international duty. Sebastian Fernandez is suspended. Uh, you know, last year, Kakuta Mane had a hat trick in Seattle. I mean, what are the chances that Vancouver goes in there and finds a way to come out with three points against Seattle? I mean, because Vancouver, at this point, with the way Portland's playing the last two matches, Vancouver needs all three points. Well, that's. Uh... Uh, well, Seattle's been playing real well too, though. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah nothing to take away against Seattle, but you know, Vancouver yeah. has more on the line in this match than Seattle right now. 
you can argue that. I mean, Seattle's got the support of Shield. Uh, they want to maybe at least be even with LA going into those final two games. True. Um, and they're at home. You know, you always want to play well in front of the in front of that crowd. So, uh, for me, I, I think Seattle wins. Uh, as much as Vancouver has has really come back to life now and had these two impressive wins against RSL and FC Dallas, but you know, I think going to Seattle and playing in front of that crowd, I think you got to give the edge to Seattle. So no chance, no chance for Vancouver. Why? Why? I mean, there's on? some <laughs> chance, but I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Seattle. Uh, big match in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia and Columbus. These two teams, this is the first of two meetings between the two. They'll also meet in the final game at the end of the season. Philadelphia, Ivis, they, their playoff chances, just like Toronto, are hanging on by a thread. Uh, I mean, look, this is a big game for them. But Columbus, Ivis, who, who has looked good as of late. Yes, they did lose last week to the Mingan Revolution. Uh, I mean, what do you make of this game? I mean, is this a game that Columbus is going to easily win, or, or is Philadelphia going to be able to win this and put themselves back in the playoff picture? Two key things working in Philadelphia's favor going into this match. Number one, Federico Higuain is suspended. He will not play in this game. Big, big loss for Columbus. And number two, Risenboli is on international duty. Now, I think Jim Curtin probably benches him anyway, even if he wasn't there. But I think it makes things a lot easier that Emboli's not around. You can go back to Zach McMath. I know Zach McMath is going to brush off everything that's happened, and he's going to get back in that lineup. And uh, the fact is the union play better with him in the lineup. They, they're, they're a confident group. They have more confidence in him as a unit. Defense, definitely defensively, they have more confidence in him as a defense than they do in Emboli. And I think that's going to work in their favor, especially against a crew team that won't have Federico Higuain. So for me, I think the union are going to step it up and get their first win in the post-Open Cup run. They're going to get this win. And Columbus, you know, you, you kind of don't want to write them off because they had been on pretty good form. But, uh, you know, that loss to New England last week, you kind of, you know, you can see that some weaknesses and vulnerabilities there. Uh, they're going to be right in, it, right in it until the end. But for me, I'm going to go Union in this one. Uh, New York, as you mentioned earlier, will be at home taking on Toronto FC. Look, this is a must-win, Ivis, for Toronto FC. Uh, you pretty much said it before that New York's going to win this game. Want to change your opinion on that, or, or is Toronto FC is, is the season done? Can you stick the fork in them? I think this could get ugly. I think Red Bulls could cruise. Uh, I know, I know, some people might not think that, but I think, think because of, you know you're missing Leandula and all that. I think, given history, I'm going to go Red Bulls four nil. Red card for Michael Bradley, for my or mm. Defoe. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. TFC is going to be in meltdown mode, and for once, the Red Bulls are going to be on the positive end of a later season meltdown. Uh, Houston, after coming off that victory, they now get to go home. Ivis, they're going to be hosting DC United. Uh, you know, big opportunity for Houston to continue to pick up three points at home. You know, problem is, are they going to have tired legs against a DC United side, Ivis, or is DC at this point already qualified for the playoffs and already looking ahead? Trap game for them. Thoughts on this? I don't think it'll be a trap game. I think DC wants that top seed. Uh, they, I don't think they haven't locked it up yet. So I think they're going to go into that game wanting to get the points. It's tough. Houston, you know, Houston's at home. They'll, they'll, they'll. Uh, I think they'll be up for that one. Uh, I, I see a tie in this one. Actually, I think, I think, I think Houston will play well enough to make it interesting. But I think DC is solid enough that they'll be able to come away with, you know, getting a point on the road. Uh, two weeks ago, LA Galaxy defeated FC Dallas 2-1. to one. Now, this is an LA Galaxy team without Omar Gonzalez, without Landon Donovan. Ivis, this looks like a great opportunity for FC Dallas to pick up three points. Mm, 
Uh, I'm going to go LA. All the way? That's it? <laughs> I think they're, in, they're rolling. They're rolling right now. They're rolling. Robbie Keane's playing out of his mind. Jossie's artist is playing great. They're, everything's clicking for them. And FC Dallas is kind of, you know, they, they, they've hit a bit of a, a, a skid lately when you think about it. They've, they've won one match out of their past five. And now they got to go up against a red-hot LA team that, that hasn't lost in, in, what are we talking now, 10 matches? So, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't see things changing there. I think LA, even though it is, uh, where's this game? Uh, well, first off, first off, Dallas do, this uh, Dallas does have two wins in the last five, Ivis, but they have two wins in the last six. But this game is in Dallas, though. It's in Dallas. Eh, you know what? No, I still like LA. <laughs> Let's bet. You can bet. We'll bet on we that. Bet. I'm, I'm more concerned that you're going to make all those Texas fans at the U.S. Men's National Team game upset because, I mean, you know, they, we already wait. all know how you have this vendetta against FC Dallas. So, <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> oh, I God, actually, did they bring uh, it up? <laughs> no, I, was, I, met some, I met some FC Dallas fans uh-huh. tonight uh, at, the, at the AO uh, night before party, and, uh, you know, it was chill. It's all good. You know, the, the folks in Texas are friendly people, and, I like I always say, you know, people when they're online, when they're on Twitter, you know, some some people just act different. Some people just act act just they act a certain way that they wouldn't act in person. And I I think people are a lot friendly in person. I think a lot of times you meet people who are, you know, a jerks online or jerks on Twitter or rude on Twitter. And then you talk to them in person, you see they're a normal person. So. Uh, I, I met quite a few cool people from uh, from Dallas and and a lot of people from Texas. Man, we're in Connecticut, and I swear I think I met I met like twenty different people from Texas tonight. It's crazy. You uh, would think you you would think it, it was Clint Dempsey's last game instead of Landon Donovan's. Huh? Crazy. Uh, some other games I was Sporting Kansas City, Chicago. Uh, I mean, just what the doctor ordered for Sporting Kansas City, a struggling Chicago side. Even though Sporting Kansas City is struggling. Uh, look, Ivis, if, if they want, they, they need to start getting some momentum going into the playoffs. They can't be going in limping. They need to be able to come out and, and they need to beat Chicago this weekend. They need to, and I think they will. Uh, then Montreal, New England. Uh, look, Montreal is playing better as of late, Ivis, but I mean, it just looks like just the, the run that New England is on. It looks like they'll take care of business against Montreal this weekend. Yes, New England will win. We also like San Jose. Uh, look, I also lost to Chivas USA last week, and and not that to hit the panic button, but I was we also like two losses in the last two matches. Three out of they've only won they've only won one match out of the last four. What, what's going on, man? Will they beat San Jose this weekend? Yes, it won't matter. Last week won't matter. They'll go back to the drawing board. San Jose is in shambles. And poor Tommy Thompson. Let's get Tommy Thompson some help. Uh, hashtag pray for Tommy Thompson. They're a mess. RSL cruises. Uh, and Chivas USA, Colorado Rapids. This is a heavyweight, Ivis. What do you got on this one? Oh, my Lord. I think MLS should offer a reward to anybody who watches this game all 90 minutes. I think I think they should – I think seriously, I think they should send them like an Xbox or something because anyone who actually sits through Chivas USA, Colorado is a pretty hardcore fan, I got to say. If Chivas USA wins, Ivis, they have an opportunity not to finish last in the Western Conference. Think about that. Nobody cares. If you're a Chivas USA fan, you got little things. You have no. If you're a Chivas USA fan, you've already given up hope. No, you haven't. Stop. You've already started looking into other things to get into because your team will be gone in a matter of weeks. (sighs) What's wrong with you? Why you gotta be so mean? It's just the reality, my man. Look, I'm I'm a support. I used to be a supporter of loser teams. These are the little things that you look for. Don't want to finish last. You want a guy in the All Star game. I understand. I understand Chivas USA fans. I get it. It's little things, Ivis. Little things. 
And moving over to another hot topic that it is, is Major League Soccer expansion. Reports are coming out that Minnesota, also Sacramento, are taking on additional uh, investors for their potential push to have a Major League Soccer team. Let's start with Minnesota. Ivis looks like they've, uh, Minnesota United has been able to go out and get some of the local sports owners from other teams inside Minnesota to support them. Uh, look, they're a great franchise, NASL. What, what do you think the possibility of Minnesota United jumping up to MLS is with, with all this now? Well, I think the city itself as a market is a very strong candidate. And I think they, they're actually, when you want to talk about markets, they, they're one of the few, might even be the only um, of the markets that, that actually has multiple groups that are interested. I believe the, I believe the Vikings have been cited in the past as a team, that, as a group that, that would have some interest in, a, in an MLS uh, team. And now you have Minnesota United kind of joining forces with the Twins. and um, So that, for me, you know, you have to put them on the short list. I think them and Sacramento are they're right there. And and hey, listen, if Miami doesn't get done, if their stadium project doesn't get worked out, if Beckham can't pull it off, pull off some magic in Miami, then uh, you know what? Maybe MLS looks at Sacramento and Minnesota and says, all right, we'll bring you both on. We can't wait for Miami. Uh, we have two uh, really aggressive owners ownership groups that that have they look like they have the financial muscle and they look like they have the soccer acumen the soccer business acumen to, to make it happen. So, you know what? Both those teams or, or both those cities, for me, have very realistic chances of, of uh, uh, landing expansion teams. Yeah, it just, look, uh, Sacramento, man, it's just amazing to see what they've been able to do. And, uh, I mean, hopefully sooner rather than later because, I mean, dude, that city is just, dude, that city is just electrifying right now. They have the new stadium coming in. You have the renderings on your site. It, it, Sacramento, man, that, that just looks like a, like a slam dunk, you know? Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're, they're doing really well now. They're this first that first year they were outstanding. Uh, the, the the crowds and 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 just the way they ran that team. So it's very and and they have the city behind their project. Uh, when you have the mayor uh, front and center in their efforts to get uh, MLS's attention, that that says a lot. Not every city can 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 uh, can boast that. So. It's looking good, man. It's looking good for Sacramento. And who would have saw, who would have thought that a year ago, or even nine months ago? Who would have had Sacramento looking like an absolute strong contender for one of the final, one of the twenty-four, one of the spots in the MLS twenty-four? It just goes to show what fans support can do, man. It just—it's amazing what it can do. Uh, well, Ivis. That wraps up today's SBI show. Before I let you get to bed, because I know it's really late for you right now. Anything else that we need to talk about? I think we have covered all the topics. It's going to be a good weekend uh, and a good week ahead. You know, we have the uh, U.S. Uh, Ecuador on Friday, and then Saturday the the full slate of MLS matches. Some great ones. I'll be at Red Bulls Toronto FC on Saturday, and then we're off. And then I'm off to to Florida uh, ahead of USA Honduras uh, down at the campus of FAU, uh, the alma mater that has graced us with the uh, the amazing talents. Of- Franco Panizza, who's asleep now and uh, thankfully is is not uh, not talking. Of course, Franco. Nobody of wants course to Franco's hear him talk. Asleep. What are you talking about? People, <laughs> people love. How many people asked Franco if it was me? Uh, nobody has asked him if <sighs> if he was you. I think the hair now people know that he's not you. First off, so. I would never get blonde tips in my hair. I just want that you to be known. <laughs> you don't need them. Isn't your hair already light? No. Kind, I don't know. kind of. I don't know. First off, you don't. Your hair game. Your hair. You don't pay attention to the hair. I say I have good hair, so I, I got to pay attention to people's hair. <laughs> I have good hair, he says. I do. Okay. Well, anyway. But yeah, we'll be down in Florida. It should be a good time. Um, uh, you know, we'll uh, the whole 
Landon Donovan farewell tour will have come to an end and it'll be a chance to really focus on this young group. And there'll be some new players in the group. I think Sean Johnson's supposed to come in. Graham Zussi's supposed to come in. Uh, there might be a couple more. So, uh, you know what? It's going to it's gonna be a great cut in the next couple of days, and there's going to be plenty for us to talk about. Good, good. Well, Ivis, I'll let you go, man. Lots of stuff for you to be doing on Friday. Again, to see and doing all that reporting because I know you'll be there late. Covering all this, so I'll let you get to sleep, Ivis. I'll talk to you on Sunday. We'll recap the game, recap Major League Soccer's weekend of action and, uh, and everything else that we do, man. So have a good night. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back on Monday morning. This is the SBI Show.